The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103 and something a little different from Solus, the Southeast Cancer Support Centre. They've been funded by the National Cancer Control Programme to undertake a research project in conjunction with the Southeast Technological University, otherwise known as SETU. Um, going through a cancer diagnosis and treatment is challenging and they're setting out to support younger women with a cancer diagnosis with an element of fun and it's all starting off with a dance class. To tell us more and to tell us how you can get involved, uh, Tracy McDay, the manager of the Solace Cancer Support Centre is here as is Laura Sheridan, a patient rep at Solace and Martina Gooney who is the researcher from SETU. I've never had so many people in studio. Thank you for coming in Martina. Would you start off by telling us a little bit about the research and how um, SETU got involved with this? Um, well this actually started with Tracy approaching us about some funding that was available through the National Cancer Control Programme and it was basically to look at interventions that might help people who have gone through um, a diagnosis and treatment for cancer um, and it's evolved from there basically um, and in conjunction with Tracy at the Solace Cancer Support Centre and um, we have put together uh, an intervention which we're hoping to look at in terms of its feasibility and most importantly I suppose its impact, the impact that it can have for cancer survivors. Um, and it's based on a dance intervention, um, something that is fun, something that is community based. Um, and we're looking at it in terms of getting people involved who may be in that younger age category, maybe between 18 and 45 years of age, uh, women. Um, and this is because, as Tracy has indicated to us, this is a group that find it hard to get involved in mm. activities, find it hard to to reach out, I suppose, in that area mm. that so um what we've done is we've put together a dance intervention mm. um and we know that exercise is important we know that people that have either gone through cancer treatment or have recently gone through a diagnosis we know it is safe for them to be involved in exercise but i suppose it's how to get involved mm. um we know sometimes there can be barriers for those individuals this can include maybe just problems with self-efficacy confidence confidence and also, I suppose, a, a fear really of getting back into exercise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really, this is um, an intervention. And I say that, but really, it's a fun activity. Mm. Um, and and I is it post-treatment or during treatment? So we are looking specifically um, at people and recruiting people that are six weeks post-treatment. OK, and it's 18 to, to 45. 45. OK, yeah, yeah. so Tracy, we know what Solace does and all the amazing things that you do holistically offer counselling. Well, what did you think, as Martina was saying, was missing for that younger group of people who've had a cancer diagnosis? Yeah, it was probably that peer support. And, mm. and it's what we hear an awful lot back from our clients is that that space where they can chat and meet somebody who's in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. And quite often that cohort, that age cohort of younger women might have returned to work or might have returned to a really busy schedule with children. Um, so we just wanted to look at a fun activity that was available and we just felt that a dance class was something that was really manageable from our point of view and from possibly um, people joining a one hour weekly dance class for 10 weeks. Okay. So yeah. 
in the Cancer Support Centre. We'll be doing it actually in the arena, in oh, SCTU oh, arena. Okay. Yeah. Lovely stuff. And then Laura Sheridan, you're here as well. You're a patient rep at the Solace Cancer Support Centre. Tell us a little bit about yourself then, Laura. Um, I suppose my profession is as uh, I, I was a director of nursing in May Park House Nursing mm-hmm. Home. Um, and I recently finished up my role there and I was looking online at advocacy roles. And that same day, Tracy contacted me if I would be interested in participating in the, the steering group. So I'm delighted. I I am currently re- recovering from stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma okay. um, and recovering from chemotherapy. And I'm doing quite well, thankfully. And Solace were a great um, support to myself and my family um, throughout my treatment and afterwards. And do you mind me asking what age you are? You are definitely in the younger cohort, of course. I am 36. You're 36. And what I'll age? I'm feeling about 90, but... <laughs> <laughs> what age were you when you were diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma? I was diagnosed at uh, 34. 34. Yes. And did you find, like Martina and Tracy were saying, that that, you know, that younger group of people and peers was missing from your life from yeah, and your cancer diagnosis? So, yes. Okay. It was a very isolating time mm. um, for many reasons, but I suppose a lot of um, what I did with... Uh, you know, I did reflexology or acupuncture. It's very much one on one and you're kind of craving someone who's going through the same thing as you that you can talk to and, you know, just get that reassurance that, you know, recovery is really hard mm. and you don't just finish chemo and then you're you're perfect the next day. That just doesn't happen, uh, although people expect you to be. Um, and I just think then to go to a gym or to go, you know, even for a walk, it just it just feels again very isolating. Mm. It feels like a chore. Um, this dance class is something so fun and engaging, and you can bring someone along with you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if you know that was open to me at the time, I would have jumped at it. Mm. You know, and um, again, I think physio physiotherapy is really important but again it feels like another clinical appointment that you have to attend and you're really fatigued by that as well mm-hmm. whereas to go off and do a dance class that you are getting that exercise that you really need um, you know the road back for me has been a very challenging one and I think you know to get my body moving is so important mm. you know you have a lot of bone pain and stiffness and fear associated with with moving and get, getting your body going again that I think this is just it covers so much for for everyone and in particular for women my age and it's hard to empathize as you know younger people when you even say you feel about 90 what you know it's hard for me to empathize with you so it must be important to try and and speak to people who are having that same experience definitely I was always someone you know I could do a 12 hour shift and go home and look after three children and keep going for you know 18 hours and, and go on such little sleep um, and it feels like my body just abruptly stopped and mm-hmm. it hasn't really gotten going yet. And, you know, I was never someone who would sit down and fall asleep at the drop of a hat or, you know, take five minutes to groan getting up from a chair. And I am that person now. And it, it's very disheartening. And, mm. and for my kids to see me like that as well, it is not mm-hmm. a nice thing to go through. And I'm sure that a lot of people could you know, relate to that. Mm. So I and just post treatment, is it? That's, that's one of the effects of the treatment. Yeah, fatigue is a huge thing, um, and that's something that I've really struggled to come back from. Um, and I just, I think, you know, coming to meet people your own age in a fun environment, and that you could bring someone with you to support as well, because. 
although I can at times never shut up I am I'm a shy person if mm. I could bring my sister to a group like mm-hmm. this um, I definitely that would give me a push to go mm-hmm. and, and maybe halfway through then you know the course of sessions I might not need her to come anymore because I've made this group group of friends <laughs> just yeah. ousted her you know um, now I know for the study you would require to bring your buddy for the duration yes and we must talk about that because you're not just asking people to dance the course you're asking them to take part in a questionnaire because of these classes will you tell us a little bit about that yeah. uh, Martina yes so the the questionnaire so there are some actual um, forms that we'd like people to fill out and this I suppose is just to this do this post the dance class or beforehand they're, they're, for the people who have actually gone through treatment mm-hmm. they would do kind of a baseline looking at their physical activity um, where they are at the moment and then we would look at it again at the very end of the 10 weeks maybe at week 11 and then about four weeks later we're asking all of the participants so not just the people who have been through treatment for cancer but also like we like to call them their dance buddies mm-hmm. the people that have gone to the intervention with them their loved ones their family and and to see their experience because I think often you know loved ones can go through that journey with mm-hmm. someone and they also have a lot to say and, and, and a lot to tell us so there is going to be um, kind of like a, an interview at the end mm-hmm. where we will ask questions about what did you feel the impact of the actual dance class was okay. um, for both both groups. And you spoke earlier about how um, people who have gone through cancer diagnosis might worry about, you know, can they exercise? And and we all know the ben- the mental benefits of d- exercise. And you'll never regret exercise. But Physically, is it a good a good to exercise after you've gone through yeah, they, um, cancer treatment? The research would tell us, I mean, as long as you have clearance from the medical professions, the evidence would tell us that exercise is beneficial even during treatment okay. as well as afterwards. And, and in what ways is it beneficial? Um, so it is both, it, of course, physical benefit, mm. but, but we now know that it can also have kind of a, a social well-being effect, a psychological well-being effect. So... You know, and and just I suppose that social aspect is what we very much want to get across in this intervention as well. That bringing that dance body along and meeting someone else that's been through a similar experience can be beneficial to all. So that's that's something very beneficial. just, can I say as well that we have others involved in the research group at um, Southeast Technological University that have huge experience in this area. So it's it's a team effort mm. along with the steering group with people like Laura who are recommending changes that we make mm-hmm. to the research study to make it impactful, to mm-hmm. make sure we get something that's beneficial. Great. And then Tracy, for I, I need to speak for the people who can't dance like myself. What are you expecting people to do during the class? We just have fun. Okay. I think we're really conscious that the gym is not the gym is not for everybody, you know, and that there are people who just would never walk into a gym and, mm. and just feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. by others around them. So um, our, our aim is to support our clients. But in actual fact, um, people who, who might participate don't need to be a solace client. Okay. So we're really happy that somebody who hasn't engaged with our service uh-huh. um, just ring and, and make an inquiry. Okay, so 18 to 45 you need to be six weeks post treatment, post your final treatment for your cancer diagnosis and you can go to solace.ie. It's a 10 week programme. Starting April 18th so we have two dance classes um, per week so it'll be at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and 7pm on a Thursday morning so we wanted to cover uh, options for people Mm -hmm. so twice a week. Uh, Yeah, so perfect for people if they're back in work as well. 
Sullis.ie. Are we leaving anything out? Do people need to know anything else about the programme? No, I think the criteria are all there on the website. So if anybody had a, a particular question about whether they fitted the criteria for this study, they can have a peep at that. Lovely. Well, as usual, great work done with the Solis Cancer Support Centre. Laura, thank you so, so much for coming in and continue good luck on your recovery. You're looking great, I have to say. I know you're very tired, but you do look great. <laughs> and Martina from SETU, thank you so much for coming in this morning. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, mark April 1st in your diary for the start of the Global Kitchen Festival in Kilkenny. Cultural diversity with a food theme is the aim, my kind of festival. It kicks off with an Irish theme cafe in the Home Rule Club in Kilkenny City and it'll have lots of pop-ups from different cultures throughout the year. Sharon O'Gorman is from the Kilkenny Leader Partnership. She's going to hook us up with all the details this morning. You're very welcome, Sharon. Um, thanks for having me on, Orla. I appreciate your time. No problem at all. And if people have been to Yule Fest in Kilkenny over Christmas or last year's Savor Kilkenny, um, you might have noticed the pop-up Ukrainian cafe that was there. Is that how this idea came about, Sharon? Um, yes, Kilkenny Leader Partnership had been involved with Savor a number of years ago on the Global Kitchen Project where people came in and gave from different um, countries throughout the world and gave cookery demonstrations, if you like. So that project finished and then with the arrival of um our new Ukrainian uh, friends in Kilkenny, um, there was an identified need for people to be able to come together in a relatively relaxed social atmosphere, eat some of their, you know, national dishes. Um, so we decided what we would do is we would use the Home Rule Club as a as a hub for basically the Borscht Cafes. So the first Borscht Cafe was held as part of the Savour Food Festival. And then as part of Yule Fest, we had, following up from the success of the Savour Food Festival at Borscht Cafe, we had a Borscht Cafe in um, December, which was again very popular um, and very well supported by Irish international mm. people and Ukrainians, obviously, as well. So it, it, following on from that, we decided that we'd have a look and see what other countries were represented, represented in Kilkenny and decided that we would, um, with the support of the Kilkenny Home Rule Club, um, run a series of events in 2023, starting off with the 1st of April. Yeah, and the first one being an Irish-themed one. Why did you decide that? (laughs) We um, decided to have an Irish-themed cafe uh, because we felt it was an ideal opportunity to just kickstart the whole um, process for 2023. So we we decided to go with the uh, Irish-themed pop-up cafe at the beginning of the series of events to highlight, I suppose, Irish, traditional Irish food. So it's um, for local people and for new arrivals into Kilkenny and for any tourists who happen to be in Kilkenny. It's an opportunity to come to quite a traditional building. The Home Rule Club has been in existence since the 1800s. And we decided that we would kick off the whole process with with an Irish themed cafe. I'm trying to just, think just what a, will be in that Irish themed cafe. I have stew, soda bread. What else will we yes. expect? <laughs> so we'll have an Irish stew um, with uh, a traditional Irish stew, lamb uh-huh. stew, um, with all of the veg and, you know, the the 
potatoes and mashed mm. potatoes on the side and then we'll also have an option for a seafood chowder with yeah. homemade brown bread and then for dessert we have the very traditional bread and butter pudding uh, and or cheesecake with okay. tea and coffee so that's really it's quite simple um with the ukrainian borscht cafes we kept the menu as simple as possible all you know, in order not to put too much stress on the people who are making the food. Um, you know, this isn't Michelin star food. It's mm. very good, very honest food. Mm, so um, it's home cooking. Yes. It, um, so that's the menu for the uh, for the Irish cafe. So are you paying for a two-course meal when you're there or can you choose what you you're want paying, to do? You're paying for a two-course meal. So you have your your two options for your lunch and then you have a dessert with your tea and coffee. Lovely. And what kind of food was at the U- Ukrainian pop-up when that was there? The Ukrainian, the national dish, it's got... um. UNESCO World Heritage status um, or the equivalent for food um, is borscht. So we had um, for uh, we had we were open on the day for the full day for both cafes. So we served a breakfast, which was cottage um, cheese pancakes served oh. with some fruit. Uh, and they were very nice. And that was tea and coffee. So we had an option for breakfast and lunch. Um, and then for lunch, we had the borscht, which is the red Ukrainian soup served with traditional Ukrainian snack, sallow, and a piece of garlic and a black slice of bread. A piece so of that garlic? Yeah, um, you get some garlic on your bread with some of the um, pork. Oh, cooked garlic. Yeah, so you could uh, cooked. Uh, it was. It was cooked garlic. Okay. Yes, it was. It was cooked garlic. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. It was cooked garlic. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was cooked. <laughs> no. And um, there was the option. Some there was a piece of pork. Um lard for want of another oh. word on the brown bread um now if you didn't want it you didn't get it so that you you got that and then also you got a shuba with your borscht which is a traditional ukrainian christmas salad oh, which is essentially herring with egg and mayonnaise oh, I'd like it was, that. yeah it was really nice it was tasty now it was a very um individual taste some people liked it some people didn't i, I enjoyed it mm. because it was quite different you know but um a lot of it, yeah, some people did enjoy it and others didn't. Obviously, all the Ukrainians absolutely loved mm. it. And then for dessert, we had honey cake and then tea and oh, coffee as well. Okay, yum. And honey me, cake was particularly oh, good, yeah. Good. What other cultures yeah. are you going to be representing as time goes on? So our second cafe is a Lebanese cafe. Oh, yum. So we, yeah, so that will be lunch. So that will be tabula and all of the dishes you would expect um, from a Lebanese cafe. Um, and then this sec- the third cafe is in May and that's a Malaysian cafe. Oh, fab. And then in June, we'll have a Polish cafe as part of the Polska Era Festival. Mm-hmm. And then in August, we're having a Bengali cafe mm-hmm. um, as part of their Independence Festival. And then in November, we'll have a Romanian pop-up cafe uh, for part of their Romanian Independence Day festivities as well in Kilkenny. And all in the Home Rule Club. All in the Home Rule Club. All of the details will be posted on Eventbrite and they're also on the Kilkenny Leader Partnership page. Brilliant. And it's not just about food, obviously, although I think food connects everyone, but it is about that wider connection, isn't it? Absolutely. What we really noticed with the Borscht cafes in particular was the interaction on between people sitting beside each other, chatting about the food. Uh, the people who were working on the floor were Ukrainian and Irish. Um, so it was a lot of 
detailed explanation as to what was in the food. Irish people were very curious, lots of questions about what people were eating. And then from that, a lot of conversations and friendships grew. You know, it's it's great for people to be able to chat to each other about food and, oh, you do this with this. And, you know, it, it started off an awful lot of conversations and also importantly for the Ukrainian community in Kilkenny mm. it was really nice for them to come along eat their traditional food um enjoy chats with other people we had some Ukrainian songs with Christmas carols um we had uh, a lot of interaction with lots of different people lovely well it's such a great idea and uh, food is always a big draw so if you would like to taste the food of some of the cultures that are living around Kilkenny we're talking from the Ukraine Bengali Romania Malaysia the list goes on well the best place to go to find out more details is the Kilkenny Leader Partnership website but you can also go on to Eventbrite and type in Global Kitchen Festival and you'll find more details on how to book in so always a two course meal from the various cultures living in Kilkenny Sharon thank you so much for joining us and telling us about that I think you're having great fun tasting all these foods are you? Definitely. <laughs> well, enjoy really enjoying it. it yeah. Thanks a million for talking to us this morning. Thanks so much, Orla. Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. So we are back for that was the month that was. I'm 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 astounded to say that was March. We are on the last weekend of March. We're heading into April. The clocks have gone yeah! forward today. Was it 10 to 8? The sun will be setting this evening for the first time. Yeah, 10 to 8. It'll be amazing. So amazing. For the rest of the week. It's just so good for our mental health, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Good pep in the step. So March is all about being Irish, I think, with the Oscars, (laughs) winning the Grand Slam in rugby and also St. Patrick's Day. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're going to be looking back on today on That Was The Month That Was. Uh, Rugby, anyone? Massive rugby fan. Oh, Oh, one of the best days of my life. I think I was watching that match. I'm not a big rugby person. I don't follow Leinster and Ulster and the URC. But when it comes to the Six Nations, something puts a fire in my belly. And I never felt as proud to be Irish that weekend. And also the under 20s. Like, it's extraordinary what they've done. The Six Nations, so they won. They won every match that they played, and they won the the Grand Slam is against the three teams: uh, England, Scotland, and Wales. So they did that all on, and they finished the last match on home soil on Paddy's weekend against England. And the exact same matches were all won by the under twenties for Ireland as well. It's sensational what they've achieved. Mm -hmm. Number one in the world. I'm excited. if you would ask me now who played last weekend, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. That's okay. Does that mean you want my Irish passport? No. Like, are you are you upset with me? I'd say you celebrate in other ways. I'd say you did a nice Paddy's weekend, did you? No, no. I mean, so I was in London, right? Uh-huh. And there's something about being Irish on St. Patrick's Day when other people are like, oh my God, happy St. Patrick's Day, that I'm like, <laughs> get out of my face. Oh, you don't like you that? Know? I think it's like, tourists love it. You know, if you mm. go to Dublin, everyone's all over it. But... You're sort of, I think when you're in Ireland, you're kind of like, oh, you know, this Have is grand. It doesn't really mean right. anything to us, yeah. you know. And then too, when people are excited or abroad, you're just like, you don't get it. It's you're not enough. Irish. Yeah. You're not part of this. So my question today is, are we a bit precious about being Ireland Irish, especially yes. around March? Because I'm going to play you a clip from a 70 something year old woman that I follow called Babs. She okay. has an Instagram account with 2.2 million followers called Brunch with Babs. Um, it's all about a lot of people are saying to her, Babs, like she'd be like, this is how you make your bin fresher. You put like four <laughs> bin liners in oh. it. And you're like, Babs. 
you know, the environment. Come <laughs> on now, Good landfill. But Babs is very personable. Okay. Very, very nice lady. And her husband is Irish, so she says, you know. Okay. So for St. Patrick's Day on the run-up, she gave her recipe for an Irish lasagna. And here it is. You know, Mr. Babs is Irish and he calls this his Irish lasagna. It's Babs. Time to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. We're making a baked Reuben casserole. It's a fun twist on the classic Reuben sandwich. I cut four slices of rye bread into two inch squares, just layering them in a greased nine by 13 casserole. Made some breadcrumbs with two slices of rye bread. Went to the deli, got some corned beef and pastrami, chopped it, and I'm just combining it. Layering half of the mixture over the bread squares. Next layer, sauerkraut. Drained sauerkraut, because what's a Reuben without sauerkraut? Now a layer of pickles. It's gonna be delicious, trust me. And now for the Swiss cheese layer. The other half of the meat right over the cheese. Very gently pressed down. And now the rest of the Swiss cheese. The three beaten eggs, I'm adding a cup of milk, a little pickle juice, paired horseradish, Thousand Island dressing, quarter cup of mustard, and combine. Pour it right over your casserole. Lastly, top with those breadcrumbs. Just cover with foil and in the oven she goes. Nice and bubbly after 45 minutes. Now to taste our baked Reuben casserole. Irish lasagna, like Mr. Babs says. <laughs> Irish lasagna. <laughs> what about that? Was so Irish. sauerkraut, pickles. Royal bread, sauerkraut, cooked corned beef. They love the whole corned beef. Very yeah, I've heard that States. before. Sauerkraut. Now, some of the comments were hilarious. I'm from Ireland and I'm totally confused. <laughs> I can't understand anything in that has anything to do with Ireland. Has Mr. Babs even been to Ireland? I'm from Ireland and in Ireland, our lasagna has coleslaw and chips on the side. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. We kind of offend the Italians in that way. Yeah. But I, yeah. I remember being in America before. I lived with Italian girls um, when I was on my J1. You're going 10 years ago mm. and they made lasagna and it was all cheese and like fake sauce. And I was like, mm. give us a go at making lasagna. And we made it the way you normally make it, which you're, you know, your little packet of lasagna sheets and yeah. your this and the other, but we made it the way we would normally make it, like with onions and garlic and beef and da da da, a little bit of cheese, not too much. Mm. Theirs was just all sauce. They were blown away, said it was the nicest lasagna they'd oh, ever had. Because it was like, actually homemade. Because it was homemade, but also it wasn't just like a slop on the mm. plate. It was a lot of sauce, mm -hmm, you know, it's yeah. all about the cheese. But you weren't claiming that it was Irish no, just because not, you no. have Irish heritage, if no. not 100 this Irish is like heritage. when people say top of the morning to you. Yeah, or they say St. Patty's Day. <laughs> and it on earth a real bone of contention. And on unidentifiable rage. And it will make me more Republican than I have ever <laughs> been. <laughs> and want to stand on top of the GPO and define and what is really Irish. Not because yeah. nobody says top of the morning. Nobody, no, like we don't talk about leprechauns. There's no. such a thing as a leprechaun. Yeah. We don't eat corned beef. We don't live in thatched houses. Uh -huh. We don't, we all, we do have internet. It's not dial up. It's actually Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that people kind of, it's this romantic thing that people have about Ireland. But at the same time, are we a bit precious about being Irish as well? Because yeah. poor old Babs, in her 70s, attacked so well on Instagram, attacked in the nicest possible way. Okay. Lots yeah. of, I love you, Babs, but. but I'm Irish. And where will I get a thousand island dressing? You know, <laughs> It's of kind of like even when we people say, you know, you're from the pale. Yeah, I'm like you're you're not even allowed to be Irish when you're yeah. Irish. But you know, it's like there's these very strict T's and C's oh, about what makes you Irish. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't like the GAA, you know, how could you be Irish? But like, you I know? mean, you know, when you go to America and they're all like, "Oh my God, I'm Irish," mm. and you're just like you're the furthest thing from. So Irish. are we? Are we proud or are we precious? Precious. What would you say? 
Yeah, yeah, Why? a little bit precious. Like that when you are so defensive when somebody gets something wrong, like how dare they say Patty's instead of Paddy's Day? Like oh, I think that precious. Really I know that's just a classic mean. example, but also because so many people get it wrong, I think that's what annoys us. Like there's somebody that I know living in America put up. Um, it was a blow up uh, balloon that was a Guinness, and it had it on the top of the Guinness instead of the harp on the balloon, it had the the royal crown at the top <gasps> of it. And this was hanging up in like a Target in somewhere in like Connecticut or somewhere. I was like, how did they get? That's so wrong. And you're kind of like, oh God, I'm embarrassed for them. That's the precious part. It's like, how can you get something mm. so simple so wrong? See, I don't because think that's... it's a tiny percentage of their lives. Yeah. yeah. Like they've moved I, on now. We I think haven't. it's okay yeah. to be... It's because our identity was taken from us. Okay. Yes. And, you know, and this goes back to the Irish language and the uh-huh. Irish revival. And it's just, it's being a former colony, you know. And I think that any former colony would feel the same. Um, like when I was on Erasmus, the same thing happened that I would say I'm from Ireland and they would say, oh, the UK. Oh. You know, and it would just make you so enraged, mm-hmm. you know, because they also wouldn't believe that Irish was a language. They thought that you were talking about Hiberno English, okay. so the way Irish people speak English. And when I'd actually speak Irish, they'd say that I made it up. <laughs> and one time, the, the guy as well that I used to be friends with on my J1, he used to come and be like, all right, mate, and come up and be like, all right, bruv, how are you? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not English. Okay, I, yeah. No, this is an American. Oh, okay. It's that would funny. Really like, me off. It's like, okay. Gary, yeah. you can yeah. step off. <laughs> but at the same time, are we trading on what massive crack we are, for example? Like, um, did, did you see the Jason Sherlock video that went viral of the guards in the New York parade and they see Jason Sherlock, the ex-Dublin footballer, and they're all like, J-O! And they <laughs> lift him over the barriers and he takes part in the yeah. parade. That's lovely. We do That's trade amazing. on and we're such good fun. Aren't we? And <laughs> we are. And now, come on. <laughs> 4.55 million people cannot be good fun. I know a few dull Irish people now. Okay, okay, but Orla, if you're in a room like... Now, l- l- Michelle is uh, just back from London. Uh, so. No, and it's also because I did Erasmus and I just... Like, there's certain nationalities I feel that we're very similar to. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to name them because no, I'm going to get myself into massive trouble. Yeah. But I do think that when on the crack scale, <laughs> we are high, mm. okay? High on the crack high scale. High on the crack scale. Um, But, yeah, look, I mean... We have to. Like, we just all chant 800 years of oppression whenever we want to. It's our one opportunity to do that. So I think we're allowed to be precious for that day. Yeah. Although yeah. we some chant it and don't really know what they're talking about, That's Michelle. true. That's you know? very true. Yeah. I also get very upset about that. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Okay. <laughs> as in you don't know what you're talking about? No, yeah. As in, like... Uh, I studied history so yeah, you know like you I suppose it. I would know like the ins and outs and the nuances and stuff but yeah it's definitely there's, there's definitely a lot of misinformation <laughs> I suppose Anyway if you want to try Babs Irish <laughs> lasagna like it does sound nice I don't know where you're going to get pastrami in Ireland anyway um, Brunch with Babs is the Instagram account and she is really cute she has a book yeah. out as well she's a very glamorous woman but yeah some rye bread some corned beef some pickle juice Yum. All very and so much cheese that I wouldn't be halfway through. That. I was like, make it stop! It's just too many ingredients. It's like she's thrown into a trolley. There's too much going on there. Irish lasagna. Thanks a million. That was the month that was. I, I presume like we had so much hope for the Oscars and it didn't really go our way. But you know, staying on the Irish theme, you know, it was a great a, a great time for the country. And yeah, that's all I have to say about the Oscars, really. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I think that the winners deserve to win. Yes. But the representation alone was, was massive. Great. I think that's a part of it too. No, that it the fact that we got really there was massive. Yeah. yeah, it really was. In the White House. Nile Horn, go Nile. Brilliant woo. stuff. That was March. April will be brighter and warmer and we will talk to you then. Thank you, Michelle. Thank and you, Jolene. Jolene. Bye. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.
Well, ChatGBT, a.k.a. Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, has become the early conversation point of 2023. The artificial intelligence chatbot was trained using text databases from the internet, like a whopping amount of data from books and web text, Wikipedia articles, other bits of writing on the internet as well. So, of course, a lot of people are running scared from it and wondering what will happen in the future when it comes to people researching their own work. Well, Dr. Hazel Farrell is the programme leader of the music degree at SETU, that is the South East Technological University. And she says that we must remember the purpose of ChatGBT is not to do the work for you. When people don't understand what the capability of something is, that it's a difficult thing. And yeah, absolutely, there are definitely risks associated with this. And, you know, we are developing policy at the moment around that. But the thing about it is, as an educator, I feel it's uh, your responsibility to educate yourself as well and to evolve with the technology as it, as it you know, comes out. And I think um, that as people learn about the positives and how it can help them in their classroom, how it can help their students, um, that maybe, you know, that sort of open-mindedness will come. And I think it is actually already coming. You know, we have lots of training events going on throughout the higher education sector. And I'm sure in second level and first level indeed as well but there's constant training now every week there's more and more training for educators where you can learn how to use this with your students and what to watch out for what's a you know should you not do if you're designing an assessment or you know how you can make it a, a productive tool in the classroom really. Dr Farrell thinks it's important to think differently about this new artificial technology and in some cases to embrace it. AI is part of our lives and we're training the students to be, you know, to go out into the workplace and to work in industry and they will be using AI in their lives, in their workplaces um, in the future, you know. So I think we have a responsibility nearly to educate them on how to use it responsibly in the different disciplines and the potential for, you know, um, doing a lot of positive things with AI. The music program leader at SETU has been incorporating chat GBT into her lectures. I very much work um, in a collaborative manner with my students. So the students are actively involved in their learning because, as we all know, that creates a much deeper and more engaging learning experience, you know, when the learning is coming from them as opposed to me telling them things. So what I did was I introduced uh, Chat GPT uh, this semester and we did various things. So, for instance, with my research students, we put in the titles they had for their research chapters and we asked Chat GPT to generate um, an alternative title and we did this several times so we had a whole selection of titles and then it showed the students that um, if their work reflected uh, exactly what the title was saying so was their content reflective of the title they were suggesting but it also gave them options of oh well actually that's a far more concise title or this reflects more clearly what I'm doing so they could mix and match or they could decide to stick with what they had themselves in the first place. Another thing we did was um, my students had completed an assignment. They were writing what we call a program note on a piece of music they were going to perform this semester. So they completed it for me themselves. 
then I introduced ChatGPT and we asked ChatGPT to complete the exact same assignment. And so then we put it up on the screen and we made comparisons. So the students themselves could analyse, you know, the differences and they could say, oh, yeah, actually, I hit on all those points already. Or no, I didn't really think about that one. Or actually, ChatGPT is not exactly accurate there. That really it's so they could identify positives and they could identify flaws and then they could go off and do some more research themselves and develop their work further. There's other things we do where if their research material is difficult and they can't understand what it's about, they can copy that section into ChatGPT and they can say, can you explain this to me simply? So they can get ChatGPT to translate it into very simple terms so that they can understand it. And, you know, there's lots of different things. There you go. Some interesting conversations about ChatGPT to be had. I have to say, I I typed in, uh, write an article about Orla Rappel into it just to see how it works. And apart from the fact that it said I work in the media, every single statement from where I went to college to where I was born was completely incorrect. So... Stick that one in your pipe, chat GBT. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, if a star-studded cast were all you needed for a 10 Black Pudding movie, then Shazam 2 or Shazam Fury of the Gods has it all. Starring Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, Rachel Zegler from West Side Story, Adam Brody, Asher Angel, I could go on. Shazam Fury of the Gods sees the group of teenage heroes we were introduced to back. There you are with your sniggering. It's just a synopsis. I know, but I love when you read it because you're like, you, you, you don't know what just, like, the words mean and I love it. I well, love it always. Around. Okay. Shazam! Fury of the Gods sees the group of teenage heroes we were introduced to back in 2019 do battle with a major new threat. The daughter of daughters. Yeah, hate when that happens. Of Atlas. Uh, Shazam! has been annihilated by critics. Whenever I see a critic or read a critic, they are not enjoying Shazam too. Yeah. Um, for the most part now. Will Brian join the herd? He's not really a herd joiner, by the way. Let's have a listen and then he'll give us his thoughts. We are at war. We will annihilate everything. Champions of this realm can do nothing to stop us. You are very menacing. I just want you to know that. <laughs> A lot has changed in the last few years. The wizard gave me superpowers. Shazam! And then everybody got superpowers. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, here's the situation. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. The daughters of Atlas are coming to hunt us. Children stole the power of the gods. You ripped it from our father's core. Okay, I feel like maybe I should be writing all this down. Give us the powers, child. Your world will not survive this. You want these powers? Come get them! There you go. They were the voices of Helen Mirren and Zachary Levi, Billy Baston he is. And then Helen Mirren has a fancy one. She's Hespira, a daughter of Atlas. Whenever I hear a clip of this, I think this looks great. And then people just start mm. with the anger about how it. number two is one too much when it comes to Shazam. Yes. You agree? Yeah. Uh, like it's it's one of those like the first Shazam came out and I'd never like I'm not a big comic book reader, never knew what it was, watched it and I was like, Oh, this is great. I really so enjoyed it. What's the premise of it? It's kids. It's kid so basically it's it's in the first movie it was a kid that got bestowed the power of Shazam where and then if you say the word Shazam, you convert into a superhero. It's like as if mm. I say 
Shazam, and then I just turn into a different person, but that person is absolutely jacked, and they're like a superhero. Okay. It's a, it's a pretty, like, makes sense. It's, it's definitely aimed towards... So they turn into an adult superhero? Yeah. Okay, it, so it's, that is it's where Zachary cool. Levi and yeah. Asher Angel come in. Yeah, they're both the same person. They're okay. both Billy, but uh, yeah. it's disappointing. a Disappointing. You'd think they'd be the same person. Yeah, but... A little disappointing. I th- well, it's the character they came up with, but I think it's kind of an interesting, kind of cool thing as well, that, like, if you were, I suppose, pretending to be Shazam... Mm. You can be like, oh, Shazam, and then you turn into like this mad mm. muscle person. Like, it's different. It's just a, I don't know. I think it's, if you're a kid, pretend, you pretend to grow up a small bit, maybe. Well, true, a bit like big. The yeah. classic. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of like big, but superhero form. Okay. But the first one was great. I, I remember really enjoying it. I remember having no idea. And like the cast was like Mark Strong and Zachary Levi. It's like not a, like, a, you'd recognize them, mm. but not a famous cast, you know? Mm. And I feel like this time they've gotten a bigger budget, they've mm. gotten a bigger famous cast. And it's just like, they had the, they like they got the date they had to release a movie for before they had a good idea that they wanted to make a movie of if that makes sense mm-hmm. so they're just like okay what can we make a movie about now that we have something successful we have to make a sequel to it okay and it, it did feel like that pretty much all the way through so tell us where we are now where the Helen Mirrens and the Lucy Lou's of the world come in they're a major part of the plot yes yeah, so they are basically they start off there in this museum and they have to steal the staff and okay. then Jimon then Honsu is, is the wizard from the first one. He has to put the staff back together because he's the fellow that broke it in the first place, killing Atlas. You know, all these things. You hate when that happens, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, then they try and get their revenge for, like, the, the Shazams killing Atlas. I have to tell you, there's six Shazams, actually, because all of Billy's kind of foster family kind of become Shazams as well. So there's, like, six do. essentially superheroes with okay. the same-ish kind of powers. So it's, it's, it's kind of, ma- like... It's kind of crazy because normally in a first movie, it's when they have like they struggle on their own and then they get through it. They realize that they have the strength or whatever to do mm. it. And then maybe the second one, towards the end, is when they realize that they have this whole collection of people that could mm-hmm. do it. You know, they could have a Shazams that could join in. Whereas at the end of the first one, that's when they had the whole, all the Shazams could join in. I don't think they expected to have to make a second one. I don't think they expected it to be as successful as it was. Okay. But uh, now, like DC, the DCEU is falling apart. Mm. This is kind of the last thing. Um, Black Adam, remember that came out a few mm-hmm. months ago? Black Adam is like one of Shazam's famous villains. Mm. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson didn't want Shazam to be in the Black Adam post credit scene. Oh, right. And wouldn't go into a post credit scene for Shazam either. Okay, what's that about? Uh, I don't know. Like, he was supposed to... He does this whole thing as well that he... Uh, he, like, got into an argument and, like, they just falling out and he wanted to centre the whole DCEU around Black Adam and Superman like Black Adam isn't even like each other way Green Goblin and Spider-Man like it's like kind of the famous villain of them mm. like he's not even the main kind of villain of Shazam apparently Okay. so it's like it's such a random character and Superman to, okay. and then Black so Adam lots of problems. Well. it's just it's the kind of the end of the like people like it was getting negative reviews but no one's really angry about it because it's like the first one was still good the first one's always mm-hmm. going to be good mm. but but we're not going to see the DCEU isn't going to come through with a like one of the post credit scenes does feature people from another part of the DCEU so maybe they are going to bring them back in in a different context mm-hmm. but uh, yeah no it's it's one of those things where I don't know even when even the cast and the, the director were talking about how it is what it is you kind of like, I mean, yeah. they don't even have the strength to and is defend it. it is like. what it is. Does it have any good parts? It's it's fun. It's a fun movie. Like right. the the kids in there, you're kind of always behind them. They, it's kind of chill, but yeah, it does. Like it's it. There's a cool thing as well because they're kids playing adults. The adults do kind of talk more like teenagers, mm. but they also 
talk like teenagers written by adults, if okay. that makes sense. Yes. So it's kind of like... It's all totally rad, man. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's kind of that kind of a vibe. But some, sometimes they say things and you're like, hmm. <laughs> sometimes you, they say something you're like, they definitely, the kids themselves <laughs> yeah, change that. They're but not totes emotion. Yeah, it, yeah, it's that kind of a vibe. But mm. it's not, the action is cool and it does kind of feel a bit CGI and there, there are parts where... So what are the bad parts then? What is making this so badly thought of? It's just the story doesn't seem very solid. Do you okay. mean, it just doesn't feel like the characters... Because there's like six of the family, like six Shazams, they want to give them all a little story arc. And then there's like, they bring in three new kind of villains. And it's like, there's so much going on. There's like six storylines essentially for, and, and some of the characters you don't really care about as mm. much. So it's like, there's just too much. But even at that, in the in the lots, there's not a lot going on. You okay. know? There's even more than that. There's other characters as well come, come and go on as well. So. And then Lucy Liu. I love a bit of Lucy Liu, me. Luc- I haven't seen her in... Uh, even as I'm saying Lucy Liu, I'm thinking Lucy Liu in Destiny. Yeah. Charlie's Angels. Come on. She was in. Did, that, did you get that reference? No. Charlie's oh, Angels. I know Charlie's Angels, yeah, but like... <laughs> I don't know, Lucy Liu and Destiny. I don't know what that was. That was the Destiny's Child song. Okay. Lucy Liu and I know, Destiny. I know she was in a, the Hey Yeah as well. Beyonce's and Lucy Liu's. Oh, yeah. Get on the floor. What so that's, that's what I thought of, yeah. Well, okay. she was mentioned in it. Okay. But, uh, I, oh, yes. Uh, she, like, I, I've seen her. She was in Set It Up the other like That's probably what I've seen recently of okay. her in it. She was in something else, I think. But uh, maybe it's just something I popped up and saw There's so many people here. Are we seeing them all? Or are we just seeing them for minutes? They do all appear. Like, so Helen Mirren, pretty big role in it. Jimon Hansu, Lucy Liu, Rachel Ziegler, Zachary Levi, and Jack Dylan Graves are kind of the main ones in okay. it, to be fair. But it is like, there's just an awful lot of characters in there. Because even if you look at it, like when you look at the actors, there's two versions of every character. So mm. there's essentially 12 characters on the main side. And do you know what I mean, for characters we don't really know are care about too much, that's, that's a lot of characters to try and have something happening, like, you know? Yeah. I always find I I don't like a small cast, but there's a middle yeah. ground somewhere, you know. I don't know. Maybe in sequels you have like a second or a third person along with them. Oh, and they're hoping but maybe uh, that someone is going to really break the mold, and then they can do a movie about them. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah just it's all a bit cynical, isn't it? It is, but sure, look, it's it is what it is. It I, is what it is. There's 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 better things out to see. I would. That's my okay. argument would be. Well, let's black putting it anyway. So Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods. I give it like a six. Okay, not too bad. Yeah, it's it's okay. Like it's not terrible. Like Rachel Ziegler's in and Yeah, I love her. She's great. So yeah. um love a bit of Adam Brody as well, me. Yeah, no, they're 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 very charismatic, but it's just the story doesn't really go for them. Like yeah. all the characters are you, you kind of they're good. They're good performances, but they're just not really backed up too okay. fair. So very average six black puddings. Out of 10 for Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. What are we looking forward to? John Wick. Oh That's yes, Kenny Reeves. That this weekend as well. Yeah, I saw a video of him going into the premiere looking really miserable. So hopefully John Wicks is yeah. better than well, Kenny Reeves. It's supposed face. to be one of the, be- the best one of the franchise and the other three are. Okay. The other three are some of the best movies, action movies ever made. So. All right, so that's next we week. You're going to do that for us? Yeah, sounds good to me. Brillo, talk to you then. See ya. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.